Finding Fins Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. Here's what's coming up on today's show. There's that, that rattle chamber in there too. So that's something a little different. A lot of swim baits in the musky world don't have rattles. So it's just a little something different. Fall's just the time of year for all the fish. You know, everything moves up kind of back to the shallow. Strip these fish in the spring. So that's going to put some of these fisheries, you know, behind a full year. And that can make a large impact on, on a lot of these musky lakes. Broadcasting from the Tazan Lake Lodge Studios, this is the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Haybale Heights on Devil's Lake. Visit haybaleheights.com for more. By Tazan Lake Lodge in northwest Saskatchewan. For trophy lake trout northern pike, go to tazanlake.com. By Ottertail County. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. And by Lake of the Woods Tourism. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. There's so many things to do in the fall, it's hard to do them all. So you almost have to make the decision, am I going to duck hunt? Am I going to pheasant hunt? Am I going to fish? Some people like myself try to do it all. There's never enough time to do all of it. But I was fortunate enough to get out recently to do something in the fall that is... um, arguably one of the best times of year to do that and that's hopping a boat and chase some muskies around and we're going to talk about that experience we got it all on film for prairie sportsman we'll tell you how it went and how my experience trying to get muskies on camera has gone in the past and how this one might have been just a little bit different we'll also break down why it might be better to fish for muskie in the fall why it's good what you should target where you should go what you should use uh, so we've got a bunch of guys that uh, know how to chase muskies all year round and like to do it this time of year as well. Uh, Jamie Dittman, of course, has been on the show many, many times. Jamie's a guide in Brainerd. Jamie, thanks for being on the show. Good, glad, glad to be here. All right. Also, Randon Olson is a guide in Ottertail County, Lockjaw Guide Service, uh, who we did some filming with the other day. Uh, Nidnar Naslo, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> <laughs> His, for people Thanks that, for having me, guys. It's going to be fun. Yeah, for people that can't, you probably can't see this at home, but his name on on Skype is is backwards, Randon Olson backwards. So i got to call him Nidnar all night, apparently. And also Dom Schneider, uh, who is a uh, sales rep for Savage Gear. Uh, so we're going to talk what you can use to target those muskies as well and his experience on the water. Dom, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Why is it such a good time of year maybe randon let's start with you on this why is fall such a good time to target muskies Fall's just the time of year for all the fish you know everything moves up kind of back to the shallows kind of a uh a reverse of the spring type of deal all the bait fish push back into what weeds are left and the water's cooling down and it just kind of tricks those fish into to putting that feed bag on before the ice comes in they they get all their eggs ready they're getting all the feed bag they're kind of like bears almost just stocking up before winter hits so um by far the best time of year to go musky fishing so jamie is it your favorite time to musky fish as well yeah definitely like you said they all go back shallow it's fun to get them on top water see the strike and plus it's easier on the fish right yeah because the water temperature is a little bit colder right yeah the midsummer you know you get a lot of real high heat days and uh, fish don't really like that when you bring them up and handle them and not good for the muskies. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about handling fish too here in the show. Uh, but Dom, how much, how much fishing for muskie in the fall do you do? Quite a bit. Usually when the leaves start to change, you start getting those first couple cool nights of the year. That's, that's when I get really fired up. I usually get out quite a bit throughout the spring 
in summer, but I really try to be on the water in September and October. It's it's a great time to be musky fishing. Do you, do any of you guys hunt? Oh yeah. Does it become a challenge? Because I find that most of the guys that fish in the fall, they hunt, but they probably fish more than they hunt. Is that is that the case? Do you think that's that's true for you guys, or is it kind of a equal balance? Normally, I hunt more, but this year I'll be doing a little more. Well, I've, but hunting usually takes over after being on the water all summer. It's time to switch gears a little bit. Well, I've seen you hunt. You, you probably should stick to fishing. I'm just just saying it. <laughs> no, I, well, are you no, going to be... Those, those you, aren't elk antlers on your wall, no. Okay. <laughs> are you going to be able to go on an elk trip this year? No, no, yeah, um, absolutely not. I never got tags, but we are planning on mountain lion this year, so... Oh, hello. Uh, are you going to eat it? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, that's the, you know, we don't even need to make COVID part of this conversation, but obviously I'm sure it's going to come up here and there. And that's probably another casualty of the the COVID situation, traveling to Montana and trying to do a, an elk hunt out there. But let's, let's go back to muskies and maybe Dom, let's come back to you when you, when it, when it comes to muskie fishing, do you travel much or do you generally stick kind of around say the Minnesota area? Yeah, for the most part, I stay in the Twin Cities metro area, to be specific. I live in the north, northeast metro area. For the most part, I hit probably three or four bodies of water in the Twin Cities, and I'll venture over to western Wisconsin a bit. I also try to get get up into northern Minnesota a few times a year as well, um, and just kind of see wherever the bite is hot and follow it if I can. There's no muskies in western Wisconsin. What are you talking about? None. You should not <laughs> I, fish those lakes. I've wanted to do a drift boat for muskie fishing over there. Have you ever done that? I've never done it for muskies. I've done a drift boat for smallmouth, and I'd, I'd love to get into uh, fly fishing for muskies in a drift boat. I think that's a really untapped, probably the last untapped part of muskie fishing. You know, it's a little more complicated, a little more barriers of entry when you're talking about drift boats and, and John boats and jet boats as well. I am ever since I've been going up to Tazin and targeting big pike with uh, streamer flies. I, I'm just fascinated with trying to catch big fish. Like fly fishing is fun and, and trying to catch stream trout on a fly rod. Great. I want to catch a 50 inch muskie on, you know, on a fly. I've, I've been able to do it. I, I think I had a 50 inch pike on last summer up in Saskatchewan and I, and he wrapped a log and he popped off, but we saw the whole thing. We were sight fishing for him. And, uh, uh, Jamie, you know, Barry up at Tazin and how, how reserved he is, how quiet of a guy he is. And I, I'm sure I've told this story on the show before. So, uh, repeating myself a little bit, but Barry, Barry's one of those quiet Canadian guys, you know, and he doesn't get too worked up. He doesn't get too animated. Well, he was in the back of the boat and I was in the middle and there was another guy on a casting deck up front and Barry was just running the motor in the back. And we were just kind of slowly drifting backwards across this bay that we we're sight fishing in. And Barry got more excited than I've ever seen in his, in my entire life. And he saw, he's like, oh, in the words, like there were just noises coming out of his mouth. Like he couldn't even form words and sentences. He was so excited about how big this pike was. And I flipped a fly in front of its nose and he turned and just smashed it. And just line went just screaming out of the reel. 
And I could see there was a, you know, like a, a, a branch sticking up out of the water where this log was. And I could see him heading right for it. And I, I was on camera. I even said, I got to keep him away from that log. And sure enough, he wrapped on it and popped off. And, and then to top it all off, not only did he best me by, by coming off the hook, but then he came to rest. You know how they'll, they'll kind of go down to the bottom and just rest after you fight a fish like that. And we're in five, six feet of water, crystal clear water. And he came just to rest on the bottom right in front of me, right next <laughs> to the boat. So I, I just sat there and he looking at him for five minutes like he was taunting me. And uh, that's, that's the closest I've come. But I've wanted to do uh, a Malax trip with one of those flies. Was that Robert Hawkins? Is that his name that caught that? That was a 56 incher a few years ago on a fly? Yep. Yeah, man. That, that would be, to me, would be... Uh, so Actually, much. I think it, I think it was a fifty-seven. Was it fifty-seven? Man. Yeah. That is a huge. What's your big fish, Dom? Uh, you're gonna be embarrassed. It's not very big. I've yet to Wait crack. A a... I'm gonna be embarrassed, or you're gonna be embarrassed? Let's. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be embarrassed. I, you know, most people that don't musky fish say, "Wow, that's big," and the guys that musky fish say, "Yeah, it's a decent fish." But for me, it's a, a forty-six. Yeah. I have a. Forty-six, a, uh, quite a few, forty-five and a halfs, and eventually I'll get there. I've sure I've had a few on over that, but it's the way she goes, well, I guess. I've musk or musky fished. I've walleye fished for for a long time. I just caught my first thirty incher, you know. So the, that fifty incher, you know, it's like a thirty inch walleye. Really, it's 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 not easy to crack that fifty inch mark. Now forty-six inch fish. That's that's nothing to be uh, embarrassed about. That's a great fish, no matter what. And muskies are tough enough to catch. Catching a forty-sixer is uh, is pretty cool. And unique ways to catch them. Unique places to go. Uh, I think is is always fun. I mean, you can go back to some of those same lakes that you know have big fish, and especially if they're close, it's nice. I like I like doing that. I also like venturing out. And Randon, we had part of me wants to save this for Prairie Sportsman and not completely reveal how we did, but I, let's talk about it anyway if if you want to because we fished in uh, a, a pretty cool place for musky fishing. It was a pretty unique setting last week. Yeah, that that's uh, that's a pretty neat lake. I, it, it's hard to really put into words, and you know, you, you kind of have to go see that place just to appreciate how it is. Uh, you know, it may not have the world's biggest muskies in it, but there's 50 inches in there, and, and there's a lot of fish. It's a really great place to take somebody and, and go go chase a fish. Yeah, and I've I so I've been on Minnetonka, I've been on uh, Eagle Lake up in Ontario, I've been on a couple of other you know famous musky musky lakes out there trying to do a story film a tv show radio print whatever and have struggled with it and i mean our guide was our guide was okay on, on the on the prairie sportsman shoot last week he was all right i guess he's on the show with us right now that's random <laughs> no no it was a great time and obviously you know what you're doing and you know that lake very well and we we saw 10 fish and we put two in the boat i mean to me that that's hands down the best experience i've had out there trying to trying to do a musky story and uh it, it was just a it was a great time the weather could not have been better if you ask me random yeah as far as fishermen go that was a perfect weather you know i Everybody always asks me what's the best weather for musky fishing, and I say when you look outside and say I ain't going out there, <laughs> that's when you should be going musky fishing. <laughs> yeah, well, it so, may not have been. So fisher, fisher, go ahead. 
I was just saying, it may not have been the best for musky fishing, but it was great for making a TV show because we didn't have rain for one thing, and uh, it wasn't a hot, Africa hot out there, and it wasn't you know uh, uh, Arctic cold either. So it was it was nice. Yeah, it was it was gorgeous out there. It was perfect. Uh, leaves were changing colors. Uh, the lake, the lake was. Would you say that lake was uh, busy for a Thursday in the fall in September? Yeah, I, I would say it was kind of busy, um, you know, with the campsites and, and kayakers and stuff. Um, I think you get a little bit of that pressure anyway. But as far as the musky fishing pressure goes on that lake, there's not a whole lot of it. Um, what was there? Maybe two other people doing it while we were out there. And uh, I was actually out there last Saturday as well. And I think there was one other guy out there chasing muskies. So, How did you, uh, how'd you do on Saturday? Caught two, scene eight. We should have had a third one. We had him hooked up halfway back, and he pops the hooks. So. Oh, no. How big? Um, the two we caught were pretty small. We got a 34 and a 38, and then the one we had hooked up was that mid-40s range, 44 to 45. Well, that sounds about like what we did, and, you know, we saw uh, caught two and then saw eight additional, so 10 total, and uh, probably definitely should have hooked one or two. It, you know, we you get them next to the boat and then one of us you saw most of them i saw a couple of them and then you'd freak out okay there's a fish and you start doing your your figure oval and then the one guy's trying to catch the fish and then me and the other camera guy are just like rushing over with cameras and i'm i'm sure that's not helping the situation at all because we're all we're all panicking a little bit and freaking out because there's a, there's a big muskie next to the boat so i don't know if we spooked a couple of those away trying to i like to blame the camera guy anytime i'm filming something i like to blame the camera guy you know waterfall hunting it's always the camera guy's fault while the birds flared and didn't didn't decoy but Unless I'm the camera guy, then it's not. Then it's not the camera guy's fault. But uh, I don't know. It was, it was a great experience, and it was in Maplewood State Park. We will throw that out there. Watch Prairie Sportsman uh, for for that show coming up next year because it was a really fun episode to take. Ran and again, thank you for for taking us out. And you you guide uh, you guide people for muskie and walleye and and other other fish too, panfish, right? Yeah, everything. Um... To be honest, I think I'd get bored if I only did one species. So I got to be chasing, chasing all all the things that swim all the time, and and uh, it keeps it interesting too. Trying to stay on top of fish when we get 1,100 lakes around here. So that's amazing that there's that many lakes. Eric Osberg was telling me when he was on the show talking about Otter Tail County. He he said I can't remember. I wish I could remember what he said because it was something about. If he fished every one lake a week in in the county in Ottertail County, it would take him until uh, it would take him like 20 years or something to fish all the lakes. And I'm not a math expert. I'd need an abacus and and a math a nuclear physicist to figure it out for me. But that's amazing how many lakes are in that county. It's kind of a, I mean, I've always known it as a good fishing county. It's kind of an underrated uh, hunting county, I think. And that's for another. We talked about that. Uh, two weeks ago on the on the bow hunting show but don let's let's go to you is there when it comes to savage gear is there something you switch to in the fall uh that you might not use in the summer yeah so typically when it when it gets to the fall i mean there's there's two different parts of the fall i like to think of it you have your early fall period where fish are shallow and they're usually eating topwater baits, fast moving swim baits, bucktails, spinner baits. Um, so when it comes to that time of the year, uh, which is right about now, I like to throw 
quite a bit of swim baits right here. I have a, what's called the Savage Gear line through perch shad. Uh, this bait is pretty cool because it's kind of like a Texas rig worm. You have your treble hook and it's on a line through leader. So when that fish bites, that hook comes out of the bait and you get a lot better landing percentage when you're, when you're fishing uh, these style of baits because that fish doesn't have the leverage of the bait in its mouth. Um, but these baits are awesome. It has a nice paddle tail to it. So it's similar to like a bucktail, you know, something straight in line that you can keep at a relatively fast retrieve. So when fish are shallow, I like to throw a lot of swim baits and also topwater baits, you know, the plop plop style of things. Uh, when that water temperature starts to dip around 60 degrees or so and fish tend to slide off to that outside edge, um, that's when I'll switch it up and go to your your larger swim baits, your pull pause stuff. You know, this is the Savage Gear Burbit right here. Love um, this is just an awesome, awesome bait. I mean, a lot of people see it and they kind of laugh, right? Because it looks exactly like an eel pout. Um, but this thing there has an is. incredible hop in the water. He's back. Yeah, there he is. That yeah. I love that. I mean, we use it up and we use that one specifically and some of the other colors of that one and, and some of the other sizes too. But the Burbit for not just uh, the northern pike up there, but for the big lake trout, that has become oh, wow. one of our favorite hooks up there at Tazan Lake Lodge. That one right there. That's yeah, it, it's an awesome bait. I mean, it just, it looks so realistic in the water. You also have a rattle in the tail. A lot of baits don't have that. And same thing though, this hook harness pops out of the bait. So when that fish bites it, they don't have that leverage on you. There's a ball bearing swivel so it can twist it all up too. Um, it's an awesome bait. Get a little bit later in the season, and you got your monster, monster, monster swim baits. So yeah. if, if you're looking at my forearm right here, this guy is 14 inches. This one is 19 and a pound and a half. Wow. Um, I usually like to just impress people breaking out this one right here. For the most part, I'm trolling, trolling this one. Yeah. Unless I'm really angry or I've seen a giant fish, then I'll bomb this one all day. Isn't but, it amazing uh, when you talk about those big predator fish like that and how, how uh, much they're into cannibalism, you know, or aggressive? Uh, maybe maybe it's more of a territorial thing, but the aggressive strikes that they get where they'll hit, pike will hit a pike bait or muskies will hit muskies like that? Yeah, it, it's amazing the size of fish that will eat large baits too, right? So I, I'll break out a lure, you know, maybe not the 19-incher, but I'll break out the 14-incher here, and people will say, oh, that's that's way too big for a muskie, and then I'll go ahead and catch a 28-inch pike on it, you know? <laughs> and and you're thinking, if a 28-inch pike will eat this size bait, you know, what would a 53-incher eat? It's it's pretty incredible. Both of, how, them. Both of them. It'll eat the 28-inch that eats the 19-inch. And that <laughs> one all at the time. same time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now those are great. And that first one that you showed up, that paddle tail's gotta have a nice thump in the water, I bet. It does. Also has that that rattle chamber in there too. So that's something a little different. A lot of swim baits in the musky world don't have rattles, so it's just a little something different. Um also multiple sizes. You have that that paddle tail and then you have the the segmented design. I'm all tangled up here. Give me a second. There we it's go. Like being in your boat. Exactly. So no hooks in the hand this time, so I can't uh, can't complain too much. But yeah, if you're larger size, smaller size, I like to use in the spring. Um, also, in the, in the springtime and in the fall, when they're they're really not aggressive, and I just wanna if I just wanna see a fish and locate them, I throw a lot of glide baits. You know, something that I can work on a steady, slow retrie retrieve, and it'll swing, or you can twitch it the whole time and it'll dart side to side. Um, also awesome baits in the spring. This is called the Shine Glide. 
It's uh, it's got a 46 and a 45 and three quarter on Malax back to back years. So it's it's been a, a nice nice fish fishing bait for me in the spring. It's it's pretty cool to see them hunt down these baits because usually they follow it in and they're shaking their head side to side and they finally eat it. It's it's pretty incredible. That tail on that burbot is. Uh... To me, I want. I, I got some underwater footage of running that up in up in Saskatchewan at Tazan, and the yep. tail is just. I, I mean, I almost jumped in the water and ate it. Like the tail, <laughs> the action of the tail on those things is uh, unreal. Yeah. yeah, it's just always moving. I mean, that nice slow taper to it. Uh, the tail's always kicking. You have your little side pack fins here that are always have a little bit of movement. But you know, a lot of these big rubber baits. Um, there's a lot of different brands out there, right? And they all catch fish and it kind of depends on the conditions on what a fish wants to eat. But the thing I really like about these savage baits is not a lot of people are throwing them, especially baits with rattles in them. And a lot of these big swim baits don't have the hop that the burbot does this burbot. I mean, I, I work it with my rod tip up quite a bit and snap it. And the hop that I get on this burbot is, is unlike any other swim bait I see. And it's, it's amazing how many fish I get to eat, on the cast versus at the boat when I'm throwing a burbot compared to, to other large swim baits. We threw something like that, uh, ran in a big, big bait like that and some bucktails and different, different baits for 12 hours last week. I think I'm still sore from, from doing that. <laughs> we were, we were trying to figure out, you know, muskie is the fish of 10,000 casts or whatever. So we were we were talking about that in the boat last Thursday. And what do we figure out, Randon? You can get two casts a minute? Yeah, with, with most normal baits, you know, you're putting about two casts a minute. I Like, I'm getting sore just thinking about that again. Right away, I noticed that within the first half hour, it was clear that I don't, I, I'm not fishing much right now. And I'm definitely not, I haven't been casting too much because right away my, my wrist was sore and then my shoulder. And, and uh, so we fishing for 12 hours. What did we figure? 12 hours, two casts a minute. It was like 1,200 casts or something like that, give or take, you know, whatever. But that was a, that was a long day in the boat. What do you guys... Have you guys ever tried to figure that out, uh, Dom or Jamie? Try to figure out how many casts you've taken in a day of muskie fishing at all? I'd like to not think about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Jamie. Uh, let's get back to your recent trip up to Park Rapids. How'd that go for you? Good. Uh, fished with my buddy Tim Milo. Um, we started fishing muskie probably four, years, four or five years ago. Uh, our first trip out that we ever fished together. Uh, 10 minutes, I think he put a 51 in the boat. 10 minutes in, he put a 51 in the boat? Yep, on a lake that, that I had never fished. I <laughs> picked the starting point, and he catches it. Of course. So this year, uh, on a lake, we switched up lakes, and we went to a lake that I never fished, and I picked the starting point in the reeds, like last time, and, and cast in, he catches the fattest 44 I've ever seen. <laughs> so I, it's just all about the guys. Yeah, how many how many of those did you catch, Jamie? Zero. <laughs> but it, it's about putting your customers on a good experience. That's oh. the way I see it. That's <laughs> a great excuse. Whatever you got to say to make it, <laughs> help you sleep at night, <laughs> Jamie. And then we did have a, a mid mid to high forties uh, three time figure eighting missed the lure, and I could not get them to come back, and, and that's the only other fish we saw that. Of course, we, we take breaks and fish for walleyes, too. My, my arms can't handle 10 hours, so 
<clears throat> but it's always a fun weekend in that area because it's it's very peaceful. There's not a lot of boats out, and it's nice to get away from the busy lake. Yeah, for sure. There are there are a few lakes that are kind of hidden around the state uh, where you can get in some good musky fishing and not have to um, you know have a battle on the water you know um, for other guys casting big hooks too. And um, w- when it comes to getting more and more musky lakes. In Minnesota, it seems like the last few years there's been a big push for more musky stocking in the state, and then some push back from people. Don, uh, where are we at right now with musky stocking in Minnesota? Yeah, it seems like it's tapered off a little bit. Um, the early 2000s, kind of right when I was getting into musky fishing, seems like when most fisheries peaked. Right, a lot of these fisheries were were stocked in the nineties and you had your, your perfect storm of a lot of fish and a lot of fish that became big fish that were stupid and never seen baits. Um, and since then there's still a lot of musky fisheries in the state, but there's a lot of stale fisheries. A lot of these fisheries, especially in the twin cities area, they can kick your butt. I mean, I can go days without seeing a fish and then I'll have another day. Well, or you'll, you'll put a few in the boat. Um, but for, for musky fishing, you just like to see steady stocking. Um, something that kind of scares me about this year with the whole COVID deal. I heard that it's been a full year of, of missed stocking. They didn't strip these fish in the spring. So that's going to put some of these fisheries, you know, behind a full year and that can make a large impact on, on a lot of these musky lakes. Randon, what do you think about having muskies and walleyes that's a big argument these walleye guys and lake association guys that have you know walleye fishing or other fish that they like to catch in their lake they're afraid muskies are going to come in and eat them all what's been your experience fishing walleye lakes and musky lakes that have walleyes and muskies in them you know the first thing i noticed on those lakes is the size structure of all the fish is way better Uh, um, whether that's due to the muskies or not i'm not sure but but the second thing I notice is how the walleyes are in those lakes. And there's a, there's a lot of walleyes in those lakes, and it's really good fisheries. Um, they're kind of, you know, you get a lot of our lakes around here that got stunted fish in them. They'd, they'd benefit from having some of those larger predators in it. Um, a lot of these lakes, just stunted panfish, stunted pike, um, even bass and stuff are kind of staying on the small side. So um, generally speaking, the lakes that have muskies in them seem to have a lot nicer fish overall throughout the whole lake the lake just seems a little healthier in in otter tail county you have 1100 lakes or whatever the number was but there's only three with muskies in it three that are managed for muskies yep um yep are they trying to put i would definitely like to see some more opportunities yeah Uh, they are trying go ahead no (laughs) you know what i'm about to ask you so go for it uh, they, they tried to add, I think it was five more lakes, um, and that got kind of shut down and now they're on a, I, the last I heard, we have a stocking moratorium going on right now. We're, I think we're two years into it. So we've missed two years of stocking in our lakes. Um, I hope that doesn't last much longer. That's going to cause a big lull in the action here in a few years. This stuff all gets straightened out here soon. Jamie, I think I remember an argument coming out of uh, Brainerd Lakes area about some they were trying to stop a lake from getting stocked 
and blaming AIS and that musky fishermen are gonna are gonna bring more uh, aquatic nuisance species into a lake or invasive species into a lake. What's going on around Brainerd right now when it comes to musky stocking? Uh, well, we did get gall stock, and uh, like I said, a lot of a lot of walleye fishermen were against it. I like muskies in lake. Most of the lake we do fish for muskies. You're running your boat where the walleyes live, and we'll always stop and jig wrap a few walleyes for lunch or dinner. You know, they they all seem to be good walleye lake. And as far as the AIS stuff goes, well, this year with the COVID stuff, there's more pleasure boaters on the lake than you've ever dreamed of. So I think that's the... I mean, this, the license sales for fishing were through the roof this year, which is great. I don't think anybody will complain about, uh, other than guys that take your spots and more pressure on the water, I don't think anybody's going to complain about more participation in the outdoors. But do you guys worry about at, the added pressure on some of these lakes at all? Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's not really the pressure around here. It's just the number of boats on some of these lakes and it, it's actually getting to the point on a midday on some of these lakes where you really think people need to take a driving test to drive a boat. <laughs> it's, it's scary something. Really it is. Well, I've had a few different people tell me that if you're in the market for a new boat or four wheeler or trailer, uh, give it another year or two. And all these people that went out and bought, you know, toys this year because they had nothing better to do. They're gonna be they're gonna be selling them. I think there'll be a lot of boats on the market in the next year or two, uh, COVID purchases. But um, Jamie, what's your what's your big musky? Mine? You yeah. don't even want to know. I've put uh, three in the boat over fifty. Biggest is a fifty-five, and uh, the biggest thing to bite my line is only a thirty-eight. Okay. Well. That's, my uh, pike is bigger than my muscle. Yeah, same, for sure. And we had a cabin on, on Bone Lake in northwest Wisconsin for a number of years, which used to be a, a trof considered a, uh, classified as a trophy musky lake in Wisconsin. It's not anymore, but you'll still catch mid-40s over there. But when I, was, when I was a kid over there, everybody, all the older guys in my family, all my cousins, they all, they all had nice muskies or muskies on the wall. They'd all done done real well and i think my biggest was about a five pounder and i was like i'm done I'm done with these fish so it's been a lot so i put a lot of pressure on randon last week i said nope no pressure but i haven't caught a i haven't caught a muskie since i was about 12 so <laughs> we need I to just say hats off for randon <laughs> well he caught both of them last week so the uh the uh the struggle is still still happening but Randon, we we discovered i mean maybe it's it was kind of interesting maybe it's not necessarily surprised but it was kind of interesting because we targeted september 17th intentionally because it was the first day of a new moon and then it, we were going to fish all day and make sure we hit the the minor and the major and what happened during the minor and major while we were out there? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, that's actually been a trend uh, on a couple of the lakes around here for two years now. There's The fish have been more active in between the minors, minors and majors than they have been during those times. So um, that's been kind of interesting to see. With breakdown, I know we did a little bit in the boat, and we you'll be able to hear a little bit more about it on Prairie Sportsman, but let's talk a little bit about why 
uh, lunar tables uh, can make a difference in, in fishing in general, but uh, in musky fishing, what, uh, Rana, what's your theory on why the, you know, during the major fish will get more active? So I think each lake is different. Um, some will be better on majors, some will be better on minors. And usually when one's better than the other, it kind of carries throughout the season, at least from what I've seen. Um, it's all based on the, on the tides, on the moon. Uh, moon set, moon rise, moon overhead, moon undertow. Um, and they're just kind of peak feeding windows. And that translates, I bet if you could go back through time and look at all the record fish that were caught, whether it's walleyes or pike or bass or muskies, I would be willing to bet a lot of those have happened during one of those majors or minors time frames, you know, and if there was ever a way to, to, to record all that. But um, it, it's a really amazing how much influence the tides have in a place like Minnesota. Yeah, I, I, it just it sounds like alien stuff to me, you know, like, <laughs> like it, it's, it's got to do with, I suppose, pressure and gravitational pull and all that stuff that's a little bit above my pay grade. But to think about you know, I remember growing up and you'd, you'd read the, the outdoor section in the newspaper and they'd have the lunar tables there, you know, the moon phases and whatever. And you'd be like, OK, that's and it'd be sponsored by somebody. So I think, well, it's, they just put that in there so they can make a little bit more money for the for the newspaper. But uh, I, I've seen it. And, and again, uh, fishing lake trout, we've seen the miners and majors pay off and, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, fish turning on during those periods. So I'm a believer. I'm definitely a believer in it. Uh, Dom, have you have you noticed that changes during uh, the majors and minors? Do you target those time frames when you're out there? Yeah, I try to. You know, I just see it as another thing that I can stack in my favor. You know, whether it's a moon event, sunrise, sunset, a weather change. Um, I do have to tell a quick little story about moon events. Uh, I had never really had specific uh, catches with with moon events. I had had a few where activity picked up. Um, but in the last three years, uh, there's one specific lake in the, in the twin cities here, but I have caught at the time my personal best and then I broke it again, but down to the exact second. Um, and this year was actually the coolest. I was fishing with a, a good buddy of mine, rose a fish that was mid forties. And I said, all right, let's go back to that fish on moon overhead. And I think overhead was 1103 that day. Um, as it was getting closer to 11, went back on a few other fish that didn't eat, went back to the other spot. And I said, you know, I've had in the past on this lake fish bite exactly at the second of the peak of the overhead or the major or um, the overhead or rise or set. And the second that clock hit 11.03, boom, fish hits. As a 44-incher hit the net, um, but absolutely wild. Down to the second where I've, I've gone back on other fish before outside of moon events. You know, sometimes they're gone forever. They'll come back lazy. But one specific lake, and I've had it happen three times now within two minutes of the exact event where that fish will eat. It's pretty pretty wild. I didn't realize, I know, Randon, you and I talked about this in the boat last week, but I didn't realize I haven't musky fished for a long time. So I haven't really paid attention to it, but I never really, you know, and 
when you talk about walleyes or smallmouth or uh, uh, you know even panfish, you'll you'll kind of know the places to look. Oh, I caught fish there. But muskies really you can fish memories and spots where you've seen fish before and go back to those fish. Even Randon, we you talked about well we we had that fish follow you know we, when we were there earlier. Let's go back. We're gonna hit this spot and then we'll come back to that spot. You can go back to those same fish in the same day like that. I never realized you could do stuff like that. Yeah, they really don't move a whole lot once they set up their home range. They'll stay kind of in an area uh, throughout the kind of the majority of the, the season. Obviously, there's a big shift that comes when you hit the late fall period. But um, a lot of times when you see a fish, I like to set a waypoint down because year after year, uh, the fish will set up in that same area. You know, different fish, but they'll set up in the same spot. Um, you know, it's it's just a, whatever's in that certain spot is a really good ambush point for those fish. So when they're active and they're they're looking to feed, they'll be set up in that spot year after year after year. You know, if it's a log, uh, the big change in that would be weeds because weeds will grow different every year. But but generally speaking, mark those spots because they're always good spots. Dom, you mentioned catching fish at 11.03. Do you fish at night a lot? You know, I try to fish in the night more so this time of the year, right? Um, But I don't do as much night fishing as I probably should, mostly because in the summer months, the bugs are just horrible and I I can't stand them. But uh, this time of the year is a a good time to be fishing at night. I think a lot of these, these bigger fish, especially in the Twin Cities, they're just getting pounded all day long. So they push off to the edge maybe during the day Nighttime rolls around. I think those larger fish slide up at night, and uh, they've had some pretty good success. You know, right at sunset or an hour to two hours after sunset in September, uh, fishing at night. I feel like you'd have to have some pretty good lighting when you hook into a fish. You know, or do you, I mean, if you're are you catching them on on uh, trolling on on the cast? Are you are you figurating in the dark? How how's that work in the dark like that? Yeah, I'm. I mostly cast. Um, I like to joke with people when I troll, that means I'm bored or fishing is just terrible. Just for me, it's an excitement thing, right? Sure. Trolling is an extremely effective way to catch fish, but you know, it's like hunting. You can hunt with a, a firearm. You can hunt with a bow. You know, you all have your, your choices here. Um, but uh, yeah, catching fish at night, I like to throw a lot of topwater baits, something mm, that I can cool. visually see. Um, makes a lot more noise and if you have the right lighting sometimes you can see those fish following when they're pushing awake behind that bait you'll see that the a little bit of rippling effect going on um but yeah fish i mean are you fishing like with light with a headlamp i mean are you just trying to use the moonlight or remaining sunlight or how are you seeing that stuff yeah i always wear a headlamp but i only turn it on when somebody catches a fish and The theory there is that you might spook fish if your headlamp is on. You're also attracting bugs if you still have Mm. milder weather as well, too. You can actually see pretty well at night once your eyes adapt to it as well. You got some glow-in-the-dark savage stuff or what? I don't. Not yet, actually. But uh, that's that might be <laughs> in a development. Path we have to venture down. <laughs> Due yeah. for 2021. Do you have any new stuff uh, coming out, or it was was some of those hooks uh, new ones for this year? Or do you have any new products you want to push? I, I, I don't have any of the new products here. I'm hoping to have those very soon here. Um, two things I can talk about. Uh, we have a new swim bait coming out that is called the Pulse Tail Trout Ready to Fish. So in the past, all of our Pulse Tail Trout essentially was a larger version of this, but it had more of a trout 
profile, and they were all that line through design. Um, we have one coming out for 2021 that is a ready to fish model. So it has your split ring attachment right at the nose. Some guys get confused with the line through design if they should run, you know, technically two liters or just a snap. Um, so having that attachment there is going to make it a lot easier, but there's going to be some large sizes of that. I believe the largest we're coming out with is a, is a 10 inch model. Also new for, 2021 we're coming out with a line of musky rods we're going to have mm, the really? savage gear squad series uh which will be a 24 ton carbon rod and also the BattleTech series which will be a 30 ton uh carbon rod i've had the chance to to fish with both of these rods for the last few weeks and i'm extremely impressed with how lightweight they are i i put them on a food scale in fact and compared them to rods i've been using over the years over the years and i'm i'm very impressed with them interesting and those are that stuff is coming out next year yep it will be available this spring this so spring. hopefully we have musky shows if not it'll it'll be an online God, deal uh, for the most part you know but a lot of retailers are, are still open but shows are kind of iffy with everything going on unfortunately I'll tell you what not having those shows this year did re <laughs> that really put a uh it kind of hurt a lot of people in a lot of ways i mean not just for business but that's a, that's just a good time going to some of those shows and uh it was it was tough missing missing out on uh, a number of those um Jamie, you fish. I wanted to talk about Mille Lacs just a little bit because you spent a lot of time on that lake, uh, primarily walleye fishing over there. But you've you've chased muskies over there, haven't you? Yeah, occasionally we do. Uh, like I said, more muskies uh, in the fall than any other time of year. Uh, I haven't had particularly good luck on good luck on that lake, but we uh, do see a lot of musky guys out there in the fall because they're there for reasons. You, you ever catch them when you've been walleye fishing or have a guy in the boat catch one over there? Not, not anything you could tell. We get bit off here and there by mm -hmm. something big, but nothing we've ever seen. All right, fellas. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, you, guys, you guys got plans to be back out on the water before? Uh, are you guys going to fish right up until December? Or uh, do, you, do you switch gears and, and decide? Yeah, <laughs> got the thumbs up from Nidnar over there. <laughs> um any any plans to do uh to do any musky trips or anything yet this fall for anybody we have a couple more trips around here they'll be doing the next couple weeks and then it'll be fall range river time oh yeah all right what about can people still uh if, if somebody wants to be guided could you guys still have openings to take people out yet this year or are you booked up for the rest of the fall i still have some Okay. Brandon? Yes, sir. I've got a few left in October. Okay. Um, and then I'll, I'll go into November a little bit until the taillights start breaking on the on the boat trailer. So, <laughs> Sure. All right. Well, Jamie, how do they get a hold of you if they want to go uh, jump in your boat? You can just call, uh, look up on Facebook, SW Guide Service. Give them a call and they'll get you hooked up. SW Guide Service and Randon. Uh, you can just give me a call at 218-640-0158. And that's Lockjaw Guide Service, and uh, we can find you on, on the interwebs as well. Yes, sir. Uh, Lockjawfishing.com. Lockjawfishing.com. Very good. And, Dom, where should, we, where should we go to find out all the latest from Savage? 
You can go to savagegearamericas.com and also check out their Instagram and their, their Facebook page. You'll see a couple nice muskies on there, too. All right. Um, before we go, actually, I, I forgot about this. Do we want to talk more about handling fish? Randon, did you want to talk a little bit about handling fish? I just I think when, when people go musky fishing, you know, there, there's, there's always accidental catches and stuff. And I think people just got to realize this. Just because it's a big fish doesn't mean they're they're real strong. You know, you got to be careful with these fish. Minimize your time out of the water. Um, you know, if, if they're hooked halfway deep, just cut the hooks. Um, just try to be real careful with these fish. You know, they're, it's kind of a pretty neat resource, and it's a limited resource, especially in Minnesota. We don't have a ton of lakes that have these fish in them. So try to preserve what we got um, and keep these fish good and healthy for other people to catch. So. And Jamie, if somebody came up to you and said, I want to, I want to try musky fishing or I want to get into musky fishing, what's the advice you'd give them? Oh, uh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to be the answer. <laughs> Basically, um, you know, go to start with a couple lures, uh, call girl and a topwater and a stewip would be my three lures and, uh, just go start making casts. And, and I hope you have a giant bank account because that's what I've learned about musky fishing is it's not the cheapest uh, hobby hobby to get into. And I always joke, for you musky guides, I always joke that you're the only guides in the fishing industry that can go all day, eight, a full eight-hour trip, not catch a fish and still get a tip at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Dom, what about um, if if I said, "Hey, man, I'll, I, I'm going to go fish muskies for the first time." Uh, what savage bait would you recommend? I'd have to start with. Uh, I'd have to start with. The, there you go. Oh, He's the got it. Ah, there it is. <laughs> I, I thought I was looking at myself for a second. <laughs> but uh, it's a great bait to fish. I mean, it's just so versatile. You can keep your rod tip high and real fast, and keep that thing above the weeds. You can rip it. You can get it down deep as well, too. Um, it's just a very versatile bait. Um, kind of like what Jamie touched on. You don't need a whole lot of baits to get started into musky fishing. In fact, a lot of the times I, I look at my basement wall and look at my box that I bring on the boat, and I just shake my head and go, <laughs> why do I have all these? Half of them don't even see the water, you yeah. know? Um, but, yeah, the, the bourbon is a phenomenal bait. Um, also just these shine glide gliders. I absolutely love them because you can twitch them and you can swim them. You can swim them fast and it's a tight S curve slow and it's a wider or twitch them side to side. And it's, it's a great bait. If it's a very tough day, fish love to follow these things, change up that cadence and you'll get them to bite it. Not all the time, obviously. Um, but they're, they're awesome baits. If you, if you really want to find out where fish are living, glide baits are awesome for that. Rand and I goose hunted with a guy the other day and he musky fishes and I, we started talking about, I was telling him a story about how uh, we talked about colors and what colors you like to have in the boat. And then you'd have a, you'd have a, uh, a client want to bring their own hook and they'll bring some bright pink, you know, lure of some sort and immediately catch a musky on it, you know, but what tell, he said the exact same thing you said about color. And what did you tell me about color for musky hooks? You can throw any color you want as long as it's black. Right. <laughs> he said the same thing. That's pretty funny. But, and we did have a, a follow on that black bucktail, but the, we caught the fish. The first one you caught was, uh, it was uh, like a perch color, right? 
That bulldog was a yep. bulldog, perch color. And then uh, the second uh, one. Medusa. The, oh, Medusa. Yeah, that's right. Medusa. Uh, the, <laughs> but I, I don't want to give away. This is, we'll save one thing for the TV show, and that's Tinkerbell. And this is, let's just say there's a musket ball involved in this thing. And for the rest to figure out what it is and what it looks like, you'll have to wait for the TV show coming next spring on, uh, on Prairie Sportsman. So, uh, again, thanks for taking us out. We had a great time. I think it's going to be a really fun episode. And uh, Jamie, Nidnar, and uh, Dom, uh, good luck musky fishing and doing some hunting, of course, the rest of this fall. And thanks for the time here on the show today. This has been the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast, part of the Sporting Journal Radio family. Find us online at findingfins.com. And make sure to check out our sponsors. They're pretty cool. No matter how cold, no matter how much snow there is, the perch don't stand a chance. Fish legendary Devil's Lake for their famous jumbo perch and walleye in the warm comfort of a snow bear at Haybell Heights Campground and Resort. Fishing for perch requires mobility, and you can't get more mobile than a fish house with tracks. The snow bear fleet is on the ice every day at Haybell Heights, and you could be too. Every winter requires a trip to Devil's Lake, and there's no better way to do it than in a snow bear at Haybell Heights. Visit haybellheights.com to book your trip today. If you want to have success fishing in Minnesota, you have to go where the fish are. And there may be no lake with more fish in it than Lake of the Woods. Not just big numbers of walleye, sauger, perch, eel pout, pike, muskie, bass, and sturgeon, but numbers of big fish too. Between the Rainy River, the main lake, and the Northwest Angle, you have over 50 resorts to choose from. Guided fishing allows for heated transportation to heated fish houses. Learn how to book a trip now at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. That's lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Looking for fall adventure? Might as well pick a place with over 1,000 lakes. Ottertail County, Minnesota is in the middle of everywhere, offers a simpler pace, and has something for everyone. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. If Trophy Lake Trout and Monster Northern Pike are on your list this summer, book a trip to Tazan Lake Lodge in northwestern Saskatchewan. Everything from numbers to big fish. See pictures, videos, and more at tazanlake.com. This is quite the fishery. Our five-star chef will feed you well after a day of chasing giants on Tazan Lake. Dream come true. Get rates, dates, and more of what you can expect. It could be the best fish you've ever had in your life. At tazanlake.com. That's tazanlake.com. Tazan Lake Lodge is a proud partner of Tourism Saskatchewan.